Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford. And I'm Peter Glassford. So I am crazy excited about today's episode. It's something that's, I'd say, really different for us uh, out of all of our episodes. This is probably the, the farthest afield from, you know, kind of our more normal consummate athlete thing. Uh, today we're talking about organizing your life and specifically prioritizing fitness. Uh, so I am a total organizing nerd. Um, in the episode, I talk a bit about it, but one of the first books I remember reading was called Getting Organized. Uh, the other one that I read the year before that was called Help, I Have to Study. And it was all about how to organize your school life, uh, which might have been excessive for a second grader. But I was super into it, so I was probably the only second grader with an agenda. I also remember one of the books I read talked about how to organize your fitness life by using index cards. So you could have eight index cards that said one cup of water. And every time you drank the cup of water, you would move the index card to like the next day's file or like do 20 sit-ups or something like that. You'd move it to the next day's file. Uh, so I was probably the only eight-year-old that had that index card system. It seems a little odd. I was a weird kid. Is that system in the books that we're talking about today? No, thankfully. That was a different book. Uh, today, though, we are talking with uh, a coach uh, that works with David Allen, uh, the author of Getting Things Done, which is the book on productivity. Not it's just pretty for... much, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much referenced by most books that are willing to reference other books, and then the other books just don't reference it, but are really just stealing ideas pretty much from that. Pretty so. much, Yeah. If you haven't read it and you're into self-help books, which both Molly and I uh, read, I guess, self-improvement books, I'll call them mm -hmm. self-help books, I'll say it, mm -hmm. um, but organization books, you know, your different books like that, that you're, you know, trying to make your best self or, you know, continuous improvement, uh, that sort of stuff. So I've always been into that as well. And Molly, mm -hmm. as she just said, has been trying to get organized and be her best self For the last 20 odd even though years. she's perfect Aww. um so yeah so it's really impressive that we got uh i guess not impressive it is impressive but it, I, I, we were excited I'm impressed, but um so that we got, we got we got julie arland who's works for the getting things done foundation the company that is uh all the getting things done so yeah. she works with executives and and individual people yep she's been a senior coach there for 11 years now um, she has a master's degree in public management from Carnegie Mellon, and she's actually also a huge fitness buff. She did Ironman, I think, if I remember. No. I made that up. You made that up. She I... had a client that did Ironman. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, we decided this episode was super important because in a lot of the talks we've been giving, we have people asking us about how to fit fitness into our lives, and Peter runs into this all the time with his coaching. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say it's all my job, but a lot of my job is to help people get motivated and then also fit it into family and work life, you know, and trying to keep people, you know, making little changes. And a lot of times we're, we're, we're all hard-pressed to make changes you know we we got our routines you know we don't like shifting things and once you start adding spouses and kids and you know different things into that work into that it's pretty hard to make you know big changes where we can suddenly find an hour you know an hour more or you know an hour where there wasn't an hour so i think this is a interesting podcast because we get into some of that and how to find you know that time and that motivation um, yeah, it's not really about finding a life balance. It's just about prioritizing the stuff that is important, which I mean, for anyone listening to this podcast, I'd say has to be, you know, some element of health and fitness and adventure that's getting prioritized in there to make you a happier, better, healthier person in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we liked this book and then also talking to Julie because so much of our life is you know, dealing with schedules and trying to coordinate when we're going where and, you know, several different people's schedules all together at once and making sure that a workout still kind of fits in as a priority. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the biggest getting things done things that I still stick to is the, you know, making sure I'm not checking my emails constantly and mm -hmm. having the alerts. And I mean, a lot of people still have alerts on their phones and, you know, you might feel like you need to know it, but to me, that's like, you're switching and getting, you know, sort of distracted constantly. Smartwatches have probably made this a lot worse. And Garmin's that can have the notifications pop up 100%, on them. 100%, yeah. Like, it's one of those things, like, we just, it's so hard to focus. But, you know, that's, if you can just focus on riding your bike for an hour, then you're, like, practicing in a dedicated mm -hmm. fashion, right? But 
you know, if you, right before you go out for your ride, you check your email and you see that like something's, you know, the big presentation you did got refused and, you know, you got to redo it, you know, then that workout's completely out the window. Oh my gosh, forget right before. Think about like with the, again, the smartwatch and the Garmin's that have notifications sure. pop up, you're Some, in someone, the middle of your hill you and interval. tells you that you're a jerk and you're just like, oh, gee, I'm a jerk and... I, was, I can't do my threshold intervals. I was going up this hill. But, I, I mean, even down. if you were a jerk, if you just finished your threshold intervals, you're still a jerk at the end, but at least you did your threshold intervals. So. That's true. So. All right. Well, I don't think you're a jerk. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, enjoy the podcast with Julie. Hopefully you learned something. I know we absolutely did. All right, welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, today I'm pretty excited about this topic as it's one that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I always say when I was a kid, I used to read um, health and fitness books and organizational books. The first book I remember owning was when I was seven and it was uh, called Getting Things Organized. So I might have been the only six-year-old with an inbox and an outbox on her desk. <laughs> So when I discovered the uh, GTD or getting things done method uh, from David Allen, I madly I just fell madly in love with it, uh, which is why I'm very excited that today we have one of his coaches, Julie Ireland, who came to the David Allen Company uh, after having a master's degree in public management from Carnegie Mellon. And she does one-on-one -on -one coaching with senior executives and entry-level staff kind of all across the board. And she's also a health and fitness fanatic. So I talked to her for an <laughs> article on Bicycling Magazine, and we'll link to that in the show notes, uh, about how to get uh, more out of your daylight hours. So I knew after I talked to her for that that I wanted to have her on the podcast. So today we're going to talk about fitness and how to become a consummate athlete when you are an incredibly busy person. So Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm also a very big organizational geek slash nerd. So we may have been separated at birth. That's possible. I but sincerely anyway. think so. I was going to say, we're going to have to like compare favorite books and like weirdest like filing system quirks or something. We probably have a lot of them in common. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Uh, the first thing I'd love for you to chat about is just sort of giving a quick overview of what the getting things done methodology is um, in general, and then kind of how it goes from the office and into everyday life and personal growth, because um, I think that's a thing that gets often really missed with stuff like this. Yeah, well, and I have to say, like, I always get very intimidated by this question, which sounds ridiculous because <laughs> I have been teaching this for 11 years, really but it's kind of question. hard to distill it down. <laughs> well, it's kind of sometimes I think hard to distill it down because, you know, there's, there's a, there's a kind of a depth and breadth to what it is that we're teaching, um, way above and beyond what we would call, you know, basic productivity. So kind of the nutshell, you know, it's a, it's a workflow methodology, um, outlined by David Allen in the book, getting things done, which is kind of one of those books that's sort of stood the test of time, published it in 2001, and it's still just really out there, um, kind of very ubiquitous in the world. And uh, he had a, he did a re-release or a new edition back in 2015, where he kind of just keeps pushing his own, you know, I guess, up leveling what it is that we're teaching, but it's really about helping people with their workflow. So uh, people talk about productivity and organization, they're very popular words um, out in the world. I think yeah. in general, the population is pretty overwhelmed. And we kind of distill it down into two pieces. So one is what we call control, which is not trying to control things, but to get things under control. So people are inundated with stuff, emails, voicemails, checklists, you know, yes. people knocking on their door, you know, so meetings, you kind of name it, people are just really overwhelmed. So kind of, you know, the essence of what we're teaching is how to get that under control. Like, how do I get all the stuff coming at me, stuff I'm thinking about tracked into a system that then I can look at and assess about, you know, what has my attention, what, you know, what I'm trying to, you know, prioritize. And then the second piece is perspective. So perspective is, gosh, like, how do I create the space to think about things that are important? How do I create space to think creatively and strategically? I mean, so many people are walking around 
their brains are like these giant, you know, to-do lists, uh, you know, giant kind of repository of things they need to do. And there's no space to be thinking about what's important to me. What do I value? So we're really helping people getting all that stuff tracked into a system so that the brain is more available to think about things than try to re- remind us about things. The brain is not a good reminder of things. It's yes. good. It's designed to think about things. And, you know, health and fitness is one of those things. So does that kind of give you like a little broad stroke? Yeah, for sure. About- and I have to say, I recently reread the Getting Things Done book, uh, the new edition, which was great because it sort of touches on technology has obviously changed quite a bit since 2001, right? Like even just the internet yep. <laughs> like <Yep>. 15 years <laughs> ago, totally different. Uh, but I think what I love the about Palm it is... Pilot. Don't forget about the Palm oh Pilot. Oh my gosh, yeah, there's so much in there about Palm Pilots <laughs> and, and your Rolodex. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but what I love about it is like, it. it's not like, oh, you need this specific planner or you need this agenda or this app. It's very open-ended with how you organize. It's more of the methodology... Yeah, of like how you're actually, I guess, putting the to do things into whatever, like whatever planner or, you know, listing thing that you use. Um, So that's, that's what I Yeah, definitely getting things like in a system, what doesn't matter what you use, people think now it's about an app, like, oh, I just have this new app that somehow like, the thinking's gonna get done for me, which is kind of magically transform my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we we have a lot of stuff coming at us. I mean, it's really amazing. You know, I, it's so funny. Like, and I don't know if this is like the funny timing, but I was in the grocery store last night and I was watching myself like at the checkout counter, like go reach for like the Justin's dark chocolate, chocolate peanut butter cups, which oh. are my absolute favorite thing. And oh looking gosh. at like the self magazine with this like gorgeous, like very fit human being on the cover next to, you know, outdoor magazine. And I was like watching my thought process, like, wow, I really need to cut back on sugar. Wow, I really need to (laughs) do more Pilates. Really, now I really need to think about snowboarding. And then I like, I check out and I just kind of don't think about those things. And I'm in my car and thinking about a million other things. And then, you know, it's amazing how that stuff just generates all these open loops, you know, that the brain is trying to track now. Absolutely. My system. Yep. And I have to just jump in and say, I just interviewed Justin of Justin's Peanut Butter, like last (gasps) month. Shut up. I know. I know. It was, I was like starstruck. I don't get starstruck by like world champions, (laughs) but him, I'm just like, I love your almond butter so much. (laughs) What is in there? Right. Amazing. Amazing. So I feel you on the dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Oh my gosh. (laughs) so anyway I guess like the next thing though is you know so getting things done method how can it relate to you know your fitness and your personal growth just kind of zooming in on that yeah well you know we kind of uh look at you know the perspective piece that I was uh, referring to earlier uh Molly we kind of look at our kind of lives in different levels like from the ground up mm-hmm. so on the ground level we have the, what we call the runway which is the action level and that's where we live day to day right we're buying eggs at the supermarket we're making phone calls or sending emails I'm on the phone with you later on I'm going to you know go to yoga you know it's like day-to-day rigor is action level based and then the level above that is projects which is these are the things that I have my attention on I got to do something about I got to complete in the short-term future like plan my Thanksgiving holiday and hire a new you know programmer you know complete the report for the you know GTD Connect members. And then the level above that is what we call areas of focus and they're kind of the, the broader areas in our lives that we we that are important to us, like our career and our money and our relationships and our health and health, you know, things like that. So it really, we look at, you know, health and fitness as an area of focus and, mm-hmm. you know, how do we, you know, it's like slowing things down periodically to do a check-in, like how am I doing with my health and fitness? Most people, what happens is they just think about it, but they don't, you know, externalize their thinking about it. So it kind of sits this as this constant open loop around like, wow, I really should lose weight. I really should exercise more. I really should fill in the blank. So, you know, in terms of, you know, what we teach and, you know, big part of what I focus on in coaching is 
you know, what does that area of focus mean to you? And what, you know, what needs to happen for you to be, as David Allen would say, appropriately engaged with it? Oh, I love that. That's perfect. And that just made me think about like, you know, you talking about the seeing outside magazine and being like, oh, snowboarding. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the, the whole concept of the consummate athlete, like we talk about all these different sports and, you know, some of our episodes. So we just did one on, you know, Krav Maga, but like, I'm not going to, just because I heard it and I'm super inspired by it, now I need to actually remember to, like, look into Krav Maga classes near me and book yeah, it. And yeah, yeah, right? Like, it's the open loop that perpetuates until you write it down or, you know, get it out of your head somewhere so exactly. that then you can make a decision about it. Yes. And, I mean, same with, I mean, just, like, what, losing 20 pounds, right? Like, you can put that as your goal, but unless that's broken down into yeah. – you know, kind of reasonable planned steps. It's just going to be this kind of amorphous like thought that's just kind of hovering behind you when you're walking, right? Yeah. And that's what happens. We're walk all walking around with these like funny mismanaged, you know, agreements with these areas. Like, you know, yeah. What does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to have my finances on track? What about my career? You know, it's like yes. all that stuff just kind of swarms around and like, you know, it's like sort of in this land of, you know, abstract until we externalize our thinking around it. Absolutely. So I know health and fitness is, you know, one of your passions. So mm -hmm. what's, what's your, I guess, <laughs> method of choice? How did you get into, how did you get into finding that passion? Well, you know, I, it's so funny. I was like, Hmm, what's the backstory? Well, I don't, I don't know how far back we want to go, but um, <laughs> I, I was, I will go back as far as like, I was a kid that never exercised. Like my parents were super brainiacs and, I just never, like, I, I didn't ride a bike. I really was, like, just, like, you know, the bookworm nerd. Oh, and my God. So... We are the same person. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember going into college, and I was, like, um, you know, I was, like, I put on weight in college, and I was, like, well, maybe I should exercise. And I can remember. So here I'll date myself. Late 80s, like, everyone's doing aerobics. And I went to my first aerobics class, and I literally – could not get out of bed for three days because I was, I had never done anything. I couldn't even dry my hair. But at the same time, I was like, Oh my God, I, I just loved it. And I, I swear I was like just hooked. And I just realized like, I'm one of those people, like my body needs to move and you know, I love to move. And so I just have evolved it, evolved this for myself, you know, basically since then. And, you know, I think GTD has been a big part of that because I used to be um, uber, like rigorously disciplined. So I would be, I remember living in San Francisco, I would get up at four in the morning so that I could get on the bus by 4.30 so that I could be in the pool by 5 a.m., you know, so I could make sure I had a lane before, you know, people got there. And I, I just had that rigor and then just at some point, I, you know, I was reviewing all the stuff and I was like, wow, like this isn't fun for me anymore. <laughs> you know, it really yeah. was like, it was like exercise for the sake of exercise. It's even, it's so funny, even sitting here talking about it, I can like feel my like, Bleh. Yep. So I, you know, I had that opportunity to really look at, you know, you know, what being healthy and fit means to me and what, you know, what is, what do I want to do about that? And I'd have just, you know, I've sort of gotten onto a different track now doing more yoga, doing more Pilates, doing more bike riding, doing more walking, doing more just dancing, like things that are really fun for me. And now like exercise is just, it's not a chore anymore. You know, it really is just, you know, whatever is fun for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that goes actually back to, you know, kind of our idea of the, the consummate athlete thing, because we started it because we were both like, oh, like we really want to be able to you know, be in a shape where we can jump into a dance class and, you know, mm, handle yeah, ourselves yeah. and not be, you know, dying or, you know, doing all of these things and not just being kind of, you know, the one dimensional athletes that, you know, I think both Peter and I once were, or I guess mm -hmm. I was three dimensional because I did triathlon, but it was three very rigid dimensions. <laughs> yeah, I can really relate to that. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I have a lot of totally. friends that are like crazy CrossFit junkies. I mean, they are like bad, excuse my language, ass. I'm sure you have to ask that. <laughs> It's like, you know, they, and they love it, you know, and I kind of drive past the CrossFit gym and I go, CrossFit gym and I just go, oh, please don't make me go in there, you know? <laughs> yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, awesome. I love that so much. Uh, so, you know, kind of bring it to a broader perspective again. So 
when you do work with people, and I mean, I know you generally work with, you know, more executive type people in their business sense, but I mean, I guess, first of all, do you find when you're working with people that you do end up addressing kind of that health priority? Absolutely. You know, I always kind of have this joke. It's like, if I had a dollar, you know, for every time, like what, one of the exercises I'll have clients do um, right away, Molly, is a is an, what we call a mind sweep. So like mm-hmm. having them like a legal pad and just like really like write everything down that occurs to you so I can kind of get a sense of what's like rattling in that round in their brains. And I'm not kidding you. Every single client since 2005 when I started teaching this would exercise on that list. Uh, <laughs> and it's so, you know, really is, you know, you know what it is that we're teaching, you know, it, it really is. It's like people's lives are so integrated now. It's yes. rare, you know, that people have like this nine to five job. I mean, I'm sure that exists, but it's like, most people, it's like, you know, it's all integrated and, you know, work-life balance. And, you know, once again, it's like, it's all gets woven into, you know, you know, this, this process that we call getting things done so that, you know, people are, it's not like, okay, I'm just going to do this for work anymore. Like that's just impossible, I think for most people anyway. And not to mention the clients, we have such a broader stroke with clients than we did when I, than when I started teaching it. It really is, you know, I have, I'm, I'm working with college students now, you know, I'm working with, you know, like a mom who has an eight year old artistic son, you know, a graphic designer. It's not just kind of the corporate America clients by any means anymore, or not just totally. the corporate America. Yeah. Clients. Yeah. So once they do the mind sweep and you see exercise on there, what have you found, <laughs> like, as you're talking through it, like, what are the main like barriers to actually getting to that exercise for most people? Like, what's the blockage happening? Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. And of course, it's like, you know, in one sense, it's unique to each person. And on the other sense, you know, I, I really think it comes down to a couple of things that I see, and I'm sure there are others, but like kind of the two main challenges that I see people experiencing. One, of course, is just the scheduling aspects. I mean, I have a current client who gets up at three and exercises from 3am to 4am. Um, and she meditates from four to 5am. And then she kind of showers and gets ready from five to six and six, she has a 90 minute commute. So she's at her desk at 730, works all day, and then she gets home at 10 o'clock at night. And so she's the only time she can find to work out is three in the morning, and she's willing to do that. Um, oh it's a goodness. very extreme, it's an extreme case, but I have to say, it's not entirely uncommon. Like people are really challenged with like, back-to-back meetings and commuting and picking up kids at school like I I have a client who um his he his wife was kind of the the kind of care you know kind of pick up the the school you know chauffeur so to speak and she started another job and so he's now doing that and he basically just lost 15 hours a week because now you know his availability to do that and I think that's just, you know, that's very, very common. I mean, I don't, I'm not even one of these like super, super like busy, busy people. And I just watch my own challenge with that. And then I think the second piece is, um, it's like a deeper piece, Molly, around mm-hmm. what I kind of call the mismanaged agreement. So I think people kind of walk around, like I have a really good friend here in LA who, <laughs> he wants to be fit and he has this photo of Tim McGraw smack on the middle of his refrigerator, like the super ripped Tim McGraw, you know, that we all want to look yeah. like, um, you know, but my friend is French and he loves cheese and bread and red wine in, you know, a high volume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I just watched the struggle where like he wants to look like Tim McGraw, but he doesn't, he hates to exercise. And so it's like one of those things I really try to help him with. It's like, how do you come to an agreement on what, what it is that you're really willing to do? You know, cause maybe it might just be adjusting, adjusting that. Like there's nothing wrong with saying like, you know, I really don't want to exercise and I want to do as little of it as I can, or I really want to exercise more and I'm really willing to make adjustments to get there. And just being super clear and conscious about it. I remember another client I worked with who, we literally mapped out her a two-week map of her life. She was a physician with a two-year-old. And we just looked at like pretty much every hour every day, including sleep. And she was going to have to get up at like four in the morning. It was the only time she could find and she wasn't willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, you know, until something changes, I'm not going to exercise. And she just was so relaxed after that. 
Because yeah. it was like this giant open loop. It was like this cloud, like this pig pen cloud around her head. Yes. And I think actually what you were just talking about with your friend in LA is so common where people think it has to be all or nothing, right? Like you yeah, have to that's just cut out everything and like yeah. do crazy exercise or just, just not to start. Well, and not to mention like here in LA, it's like, you just walk, you just walk out on the sidewalk and like, they're just like beautiful people and they're beautiful, gorgeous, like match exercise clothes that just look, you know, (laughs) but I actually think that's also a great point too, where, you know, like I, I used to be that way, Molly, I really was like, so, you know, if I wasn't doing, if I didn't have like a, at least a 30 minute swim and a 30 minute weightlifting session or, and, or like a, 60 minute spin class like it didn't count so mm-hmm. to speak and I don't do that anymore totally you know, it's like a little bit is better than nothing so I just once again I have just adjusted what that means like what success means to me in terms of exercise yes I love that yeah for me it means like every day on my to-do list the the thing just comes up as move and <laughs> yeah you know right? I stop like focusing on what that's gonna be it could be three hours it could be half an hour it could be 20 minutes whatever just like yep. as long as I can tech, like tick that box we're good <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's really true like I um yeah, I, I mean, I think just just being clear inside about, you know, what that means and not walking around with that, like, I should be doing this or I feel guilty or whatever. I think that that takes more energy, I think, than anything. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of backing up a little bit, but obviously being healthy and getting in that exercise, like, you know, you have it on the list. So, like, if you can get it in. Awesome. How have you seen it like end up, you know, kind of helping people beyond just their fitness? So I know for me, like if I move, my work mm-hmm. is better. Yeah. I'm a much more functional person talking to you on the yeah. phone right now, etc. Well, like I'm 0% a subject matter expert on terms of that question. But what I've seen, you know, I guess, yeah, including my own experience where mm-hmm. when I exercise, you know, I feel better. I yeah. sleep better. I make better food choices. Um, you know, I, um, I'm not like, believe it or not, like I am not a super, we talked about the books and stuff. I'm not a big, big book reader, but I have these key books that have really, you know, been kind of pivotal for me. And one of them, along with getting things done is, um, it's called the power of habit by Charles Duhigg. I don't know oh, if you ever love read. it. Love it so much. Yeah. So he, he's super big GTD champion. And when he came out with that book, uh, he did a lovely interview with David or David, David interviewed him. And, you know, he talks about keystone habits in that book. And I really love that. So like his concept of that is keystone habits are habits that we do consistently that really tend to help all of our areas. So exercise is one of them, the GTD weekly review. So once a week, we sit our butts down in the chair and we really just review all of our commitments you know, mm-hmm. either recommit to them or renegotiate them. It's like it just has this ripple effect um, across the board. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think actually the David Allen has the GTD podcast. And I think the Charles During one is on there, if I, I remember think so. correctly. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I definitely listened to that while I ran. I, I tend to listen to just like productivity podcasts when I'm out running because it makes me feel much better about my run and feel really yeah. smug by the time I get in. <laughs> <laughs> love that that's earned smugness exactly exactly I'm like I improved my brain and I got in a run I'm so good at this and then of course I yeah like, you know read like a trashy fiction novel but that's fine <laughs> hey you know like yeah whatever makes it fun exactly it's it's like my junk food reading yeah. <laughs> but okay. we won't go into what mine is because you know I would be too full of shame to share that <laughs> <laughs> I know people are always super impressed they're like wow you're reading a lot I'm like yeah this is the equivalent uh-huh. of like you binge watching like the big bang theory or something this is not impressive I promise you <laughs> but thank god for kindles because now you can like read and pretend that you're reading this really intellectual thing oh yeah no one can see the yeah. you can't see the cover it's great anyway um all right when you are working with clients who do decide that exercise is one of their you know priorities for making their lives better uh is there like a best way you suggest to start adding it into their lives is there like a baby step you start with yeah you know i i'm a big fan of the baby steps you know Um, i 
I, I, and I, once again, I think it's kind of different for everyone. Cause I think some, some people are just wired to like, you know, I'm going to sign up for a triathlon and, or, you know, a 5k or something like that. And that's gonna, you know, kind of push me. And some people really more, like, I remember working with a client where she was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go buy a pair of running shoes. Like that mm-hmm. was like the little, like most microscopic step that she could take. Um, I, I kind of go back to, you know, I just, I guess one of the things that occurs to me is Charles Duhigg, where he talks about this kind of three steps into a new habit. So he calls it the cue, the process and the reward. So having the cue, which is like either having it scheduled. So something that you have on your calendar that you can see. Um, I love David Allen says, I just have to put my costume on, or he's like, I got to put my costume out. So he puts his like, you know, running shorts out. And so he sees it, you know? Mm And then the process, like, what am I going to do? Like, sometimes I think people get stuck because they don't know what they want to do. Well, should I play tennis or should I run or should I swim? It's like, you kind of got to make a decision about what you're going to do. And then the reward, like, you know, give yourself a reward. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's kind of a nice kind of like easy approach into things. Um, And then sometimes like I I go back to basic GTD, which is, you know, our concept of projects, which is like, you know, anything I have my attention on doing something differently about that's going to take me more than one action step. So we, we kind of, I'm sure you know this, like you're GTD geek like I do, totally. but for people that don't, it's like, we tend to think of things as like something we have to do. Like I need to learn how to snowboard or I need to, you know, be better at yoga or I need to learn to, you know, reprogram my iTunes or whatever. It's like all these things we think of something we have to quote unquote do, but we Mm -hmm. treat them differently in GTD. So it's like, what's the outcome? And then what's the next action to move it forward? So I'm just such a big fan of treating things like, like, you know, I want to get into an exercise regimen as a project. Mm -hmm. So that's the outcome. I want to, you know, find a yoga studio to go to. I want to, you know, have a, you know, a more consistent tennis practice, like that's the outcome, then what's the next action to move it forward? And just working that outcome action instead of like, quote, unquote, this is something I need to do can be really helpful. Does does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like, getting better at yoga is the project. And then the step is, yeah, find a studio, like, go to, you know, go to a class once a week, start doing the five yeah, minute video like, every morning. Like, Instead of like the project is something I have to do, like that's what I'm going to complete. And then what's the baby step next action? Like, for example, I have a project on a new project on my list, which is to strengthen my city bank, city, city bank, city bike riding endurance. So, yes. um, you know, where I live has become kind of this interesting bike community where, they just painted all these wonderful bike lanes. And so people are, you know, biking more and more. But there's also, like, the traffic, the people who are driving in cars that aren't um, used to that. And it kind of terrifies me. <laughs> so, but I like, I want to, you know, it's really important to me. I want to do more of my errands on a bike. And I want to kind of build my biking muscles. So I just made that a project. And then I made a next action to just go buy a biking helmet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's something I can do to, like, move into that project. And, you know, it's like, instead of, like, just trying to figure it out, I have an outcome and a next action. And it just feels more doable for me. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, we're going to interrupt the podcast for just a second for a quick word from a new sponsor. Are you a consummate athlete? I think so. I think so too. Why don't you head over to healthiq.com slash consummate athlete, help out the podcast, and also check out your health IQ. In addition to being a health insurance company, a life insurance company, mm-hmm. Health IQ has a really great website. They have really cool articles that they're posting all the time on their own blog and also just sort of their feed um, you know, I clicked on actually three or four while I was there, just interesting articles that popped up. So it might be a real great website to visit just on the regular anyhow, even if you don't want life insurance. Uh, that said, life insurance has been something that you and I have actually been talking about a ton recently. And the cool thing about Health IQ is they actually have special rates on life insurance for 
consummate athletes. Yeah, they basically advocate for lower rates for healthy people. You know, your weightlifters, your your runners, your cyclists. Um, high five. Yeah, I guess high five if you're one of those people. And so basically they're trying to leverage the fact that there's lower risk for cancer, say 45% lower, even 18% lower heart disease risk and 28% lower risk of early death for active people. So Double again, high five. That's great. So why would you pay for those higher rates, you know, that are taking those averages, you know, all those people who are, you know, doing those unhealthy things, they're not out running, putting in the miles, you know, being healthy. Um, so yeah, basically their idea is, you know, getting lower rates for life insurance, you know, which might fit into your sort of overall financial plan, uh, or it may not. But in any case, why don't you head over to healthiq.com slash consummate athlete. Again, help out the podcast, check out some cool articles, maybe take a few of their quizzes. I, I actually got two wrong on their weightlifting quiz. Womp womp. So, uh, yeah, still a pretty good score, though. I think I beat 63 million Americans. So why don't you go to healthiq.com, see how many Americans you can beat. Um, it's weird. I apologize to the Americans. You could beat an American if you were an American. That happens. <laughs> so, I yeah. forgot you were Canadian. Healthiq.com slash consummate athlete. Thanks, guys. And now back to the podcast. So actually, that reminded me because you also mentioned the other, you know, the woman who wanted to get into running, the first action is to buy shoes. How do you get beyond that first step of buying something? Because that's sort of your easy win, which is great. But mm-hmm. then, you know, now the hard part starts, right? Well, I mean, once again, you have to just break it down into next actions. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way because otherwise your brain gets stuck in like, I've got to be a better runner. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually just do that. So that's, I, I think that's why, you know, so many people procrastinate on things. Like either they haven't defined what the outcome is or they haven't really distilled it down to a next action. So it kind of sits in this weird land of abstract vagueness. So it's like once I buy the shoes, what's the next action? Mm-hmm. Well, I need to find, you know, a running buddy. So I'm going to call my friend Molly and we're going to start running. Or I'm going to look for a meetup group or the runners, or I'm going to like, for me, like I also had a project recently, which is I wanted to get back into yoga. So the project was to find a studio. The next action was to do a Yelp search. So like breaking it down, it's like projects are just one action step after another, not something we actually just sit down and do. Mm -hmm. Does that that help? Yeah, it does. And then, you know, eventually then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to walk around the block. Okay. Now I'm going to jog around the block now, you know, so on well, and so yeah, forth. and like we have to break it down, you know, as microscopically as you need to. And then if there's resistance, like then that's something, you know, I love David. It's like it's like once you name something, you own it versus until you do it owns you. So some people just have resistance. It's like, well, you know, what's that about? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes just naming, you know, why I'm stalling out is just, you know, we got to get past that. Yeah. And I mean, I guess sometimes like the stall is like, okay, I actually really hate running and maybe I should, you know, take up CrossFit or swimming or biking or any number of other things instead of trying to stick with this one sport that I thought I should do, but I actually hate. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like, what's the should, you know, I think so many people have shoulds, I'm sure you understand around exercise and fitness, you know, it really is. uh, It's, I think it's just very common. So you know, what, what, what is, why, why should I, why, you know, why is this even important to me? Sometimes I think too, like that can be a really helpful step is to go to the why. I think doing something is great, but sometimes it's like, why, why does it matter? Like, you know, why is doing yoga matter to me? Well, you know, I'm approaching 50. I want to be more flexible. I want to, you know, really be stronger so that I can, you know, have, you know, you know, so I can have, you know, more you know create more longevity you know I want to be you know I want I want to be like you know riding a bike when I'm 90 if I make it that far so like you know addressing sometimes the why around it can really get us over the hump if there's resistance mm-hmm. no I think that's great and I think yeah it also can kind of go the opposite way right like for some people it might be like oh I thought I should do yoga because my friend did it but yeah yeah, this is just not working for me. So yeah, figuring out what the next, the next thing to do is instead of, you know, going with what, yeah, what we should do. 100%. I, I think it's so tricky. I think this is, you know, it really just in just in terms of, you know, what I've had, like the privilege of like working with people around this, it's, 
you know, I think it, it is tricky. It's, it's not like this kind of one size fits all formula by any means, which is probably where there are a ton of health and fitness coaches out there. It's true. Trying to help people. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so I guess of all, of all the clients you've coached, what are some of like the, and this is obviously going to be a totally, you know, subject or subjective subjective question um but some of like the best and like most successful health and fitness habits that you've seen new clients adapt to you know like meditation is really in right now um during morning workouts obviously you know a lot of three and four a.m people which i cannot fathom um, I know. well i think it's i think i don't, it really is about like finding what works for you, something that you enjoy, something that you want to do because, you know, because you want to do it, not because your friend says you should do it or like self magazine says you should do it. Totally. Um, you know, I know for me, I, um, I, I realized that I used to be a really big morning workout person, obviously, if I was getting up at four, and only if purely because it was convenient. But I realized somewhere along the line where, you know, my I'm a morning person, so my brain's super active and engaged in the morning, and I was losing all that by being in the gym. So now, you know, I preserve my morning for my super high level, like creative mental thinking, because that's what's available for me, and I work out at the end of the day because that's when my body needs to move, even though it's less convenient for me. Like I love doing, I loved it in the morning, but it really wasn't necessarily conducive to, you know, optimizing my brain power and my body doesn't really need to move in the morning. So I think it's also kind of looking at kind of all these different puzzle pieces to see how they fit together. So, you know, I think more than anything, you know, we kind of talked about this in the article, you know, I think most people need to look at their schedules and really see when they can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like having that, like, you know, in the hard edges of a calendar can be really, really helpful because otherwise like the day just comes and goes and then they're tired at the end of the day. They've got to feed their kids dinner or whatever that is, you know, um, and they're too tired and another day has gone by and they haven't exercised and they feel bad about it. So yes. like part of like what I encourage people to do in the weekly review is like look ahead. Like this is what I do in my weekly review. I look, you know, I do my weekly review on Saturday morning. So I look at the week ahead and I go, okay, when am I going to fit exercise into this giant puzzle called my calendar? Mm-hmm. And I just stick it in there. So I see it. And it's, you know, it's not like I can't renegotiate. I move stuff around all the time. But I, I do put it in there so that I can see it. Yes. You know, or yeah, for some people it's like, you know, you know, they don't have necessarily the discipline to do it on their own. So go, you know, get, you know, look into a coach or sign up for a class or get a buddy. Like we're such, I'm such a buddy, you know, advocate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I think that's, that's one of the coolest things about our lives because like we we're on the road most of the time. So mm-hmm. finding buddies is always hard, but when we do, it's always like different people and it's been, you know, one of the coolest things and kind of part of why we started this podcast is so you know that way whatever wherever we go we uh we can usually find somebody new that we've you know talked to or friend of a friend type thing which is awesome yeah you know I think like I just you know I just ask people questions like you know when you know what do you like to do and when can you do it and you know what's involved with that like do you need to get a sitter do you need to move your meetings around, you know, mm-hmm. just keep like asking questions and probing and making that all more conscious, I think is really helpful for people. I'm not quite entirely sure I answered your question, but hopefully. Do you I'm have any, close enough. Um, I have a lot of clients obviously who are, you know, in relationships, have families and stuff. And I find like one of the biggest things that I have had success with is actually getting them to talk with their spouse and family mm-hmm. about those exercise goals. Yeah. And, and there's usually time and it's usually a trade, you know, mm-hmm. Yep. I, I'll Always. go exercise in the morning <laughs> and, or meet yeah. up with a friend for coffee or whatever. And then, you know, I'll go play with the kids in the afternoon while you go and do your exercise and socializing and stuff. But it seems like a lot of people don't actually have that level of communication. They haven't honed that in their relationship yeah. or they've lost it through, you know, as the kids come and stuff and life gets hectic. Yeah, I think it's tricky. I think, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, fundamentally about getting things done is managing agreements, which we talked about earlier. And I think sometimes what happens, you know, I, um, 
one of my coaching mentors, Steve Chandler, he talks a lot about expectations versus agreements and expectations tend to kind of swim around like, well, you should, you know, you should understand that I need to exercise or you should, you know, come home when you're, you know, all, all these kind of expectations. I find sometimes like, it really is helpful to kind of get it into an agreement, which means, as you were saying, like clear communication. So, you know, really getting clear with each other, like what's important and, you know, what kind of trade-offs, that way you're really drilling it down to an agreement instead of this like, you know, kind of abstract expectation that sits around as like another pig pen cloud. I love that. I think that's 100% true. And I think most people probably have trouble even defining it for themselves exactly. So then bringing it to their significant other gets well, even yeah. harder, right? Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting. I'm so sorry. There's a big helicopter going over. <laughs> it's um, LA. We kind of expect it. It would have been weird if we hadn't heard that or like sirens or something. Or something. Um, you know, one of the things I, it's so, it's like just been, seems like it's very present for me now in terms of whatever, you know, work I'm doing, you know, with myself and, you know, as my own client, I suppose, and the clients I'm working with is, are this is, are these areas of focus and how they tend to bump up against each other. So like, you know, spending time with kids versus, you know, trying to get to the gym or spending time, like updating my, you know, my spending and my budget versus doing other things. And, you know, I just think it's important to sit down, you know, periodically, like typically I'll recommend once a month and just map, putting them all out, money, home, relationships, love, you know, all these things and just saying, okay, right now, you know, each of these areas, what, you know, how am I feeling about my engagement? And if it's not really where it needs to be, what can I do to shift it? And who do I need to communicate that to? Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden, it's like you're instead of this like weird fog, you know, we're we're kind of moving the puzzle pieces around and it can be very, very empowering. And once again, just understanding that sometimes, you know, there is there. I mean, very often there's a trade off. Yeah. Right. If I choose to do this, you know, I was in Salt Lake City for um, and coaching and my friends were like, you got to go to the temple because it's so beautiful. And, you know, I love culture and art and design and architecture. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And then I realized like I was so I worked such a long day with a client that I had like 45 minutes and I chose to exercise instead because yeah. that and that area of focus just rose to the surface in that moment. doesn't mean next week maybe I would have gone to the temple instead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just being as conscious as we can about, you know, how we want to relate to these areas and how, how it affects other people. Yeah, you know? for sure. That makes perfect sense. Um, And then I think actually that kind of goes nicely into this sort of this last thing I want to touch on, which is handling those setbacks and skipped sessions. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you've kind of touched on that, but yeah, like dealing with that and getting back to it, right? Like it's so easy once we've skipped one to then skip another and another, and then we've stopped. Yeah. Well, it's like, it just always comes down to that agreement and, you know, agreements, as long as we're doing it consciously, then we're actually renegotiating it versus breaking the agreement, which is when we feel bad. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes it's like, you know, yesterday was a good example. I had yoga scheduled and I, at the end of the day, I just was like, you know, I just, I don't have the juice for it. And I just, I just renegotiated it. You know, I didn't blow it off and I didn't skip it and I didn't feel bad about it because I did it super consciously. Mm-hmm. So I just think the more awareness we can bring into when we move stuff, so, because this happens a lot. People will have workouts in their schedule and they don't do it and then they feel bad about it. So we have to be willing to probe. It's like, what happened? So, you know, no need to judge it. It's like you just have to be curious about what happened. Well, we I made this other thing more important. Okay, great. Why did you make that other thing more important? Mm-hmm. Well, because blah, blah, blah. Great. You, all you did was make a choice. Totally. So there's no need to feel bad about it. But we will feel bad about it if we keep blowing it off or we keep breaking that agreement. Then we don't then we kind of start to, the trust, internal trust starts to break down. And then the next time we commit to something, you know, we, we get it's like, you know, we have that kind of tentativeness in terms of the commitment because we just we broke it the last time. And that that is the kind of a cycle that we don't really want to get into. Yeah. No, I think that was that was perfect. And I think that comes up uh, to get back to the GTD nerdiness here. Uh, the weekly <laughs> review, I think, is, a, is always the time I start thinking about that, and, you know, really checking in with... Uh, you know, whether I've, I've kept up with it for the week and like, okay, what can I do going forward? Not stressing on 
you know, what's happened, I guess. Yeah. And once again, it's like, it's okay to renegotiate stuff. It's like if something else shows up that in that moment, in the best of my knowledge and ability and wisdom right now, this takes precedence. It's like, I have to make it okay and trust that I'm making the best decision. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right. I think that pretty much covers it. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on or anything else you think people should know to, you know, Oh my God. getting things done include health I'm going to think of something later and I'm going to I know, like, I know. <laughs> Every time I do one of these, I get off the phone, I'm like, why? <laughs> no, I, I just appreciate the invitation and I, I just, it's really great to meet you both. And um, I, I do love this topic and I, and I really, you know, I, I guess more than anything, I just, you know, I just have so much empathy and compassion because it just, it's one of those things I think people tend to struggle with. And all it takes is just a little like focus, like conscious focus, attention. Um, and you know, what am I going to do about this? Like, what do I need to do to, you know, get this particular area of focus called health and fitness, like to a place where I'm really, really, you know, happy with it. And that might be doing nothing, or that might be, you know, like in my case, like doing more yoga and, you know, getting a bike helmet, Mm -hmm. but just kind of, you know, getting clear about what the appropriate engagement is, and then what am I going to do about it, and just making that more conscious. I love that. And next time we're in LA, which actually should be, I think most of the month of February, we're going to be in the the Southern California area. So we'll have to uh, put your new bike helmet to use and maybe go out for a (laughs) ride or something. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. That would be wonderful. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, We're going to include a bunch of links to all of the different getting things done, the website, the book, um, some of the Charles Durig Power of Habit, another one of my favorites too. So <laughs> awesome. And yeah, we will uh, we'll keep you posted on when the episode's out and all that. But thank you so, so much for chatting. It was fantastic getting to talk to you. Yeah, you too. You both. It was really, really great. Thank you so much for the um, invitation. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Julie. Thank we'll, you, Julie. We'll, You're so welcome. We'll chat soon. Right. Take care. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love it if you'd go over to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you have any ideas or people you'd love to see on the podcast, feel free to tweet at us at Peter Glassford and at Molly J. Herford or find us over at consummateathlete.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Just a reminder to head over to healthiq.com slash consummate athlete to get your life insurance quote and find out how active people can get a good rate on their life insurance.